Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. Have you ever wondered what was the spiritual significance of the biblical feasts? Is it just Christians getting together, shouting hallelujah, dancing and blowing the shofar? Is that what it's about? Beloved saints, I have something to tell you. It's so much more than that. You see, God created his calendar two weeks before the children of Israel left Egypt. And the calendar was created to mark the days for the miraculous. It means that when the calendar was created, God was saying to Israel, before this calendar, before this date with destiny, before your exit out of Egypt, you really did not exist. Your time was so insignificant because your days begin with deliverance. Your days begin with the marvelous works of God. So the calendar was created to mark the dates with the miraculous. And beloved saints, we see that what God did then, God does again. He does it every single year because the biblical feasts are all about, not about commemoration, but about impartation and about reenactments. That what happened in the past, a reenactment will happen again. So that means that during Passover every year, through the blood of Jesus, because through him we became the seed of Abraham. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. This means through Christ, we have become partakers with Israel in all of these incredible, miraculous reenactments that happen every year. That means at every Passover, we come out of Egypt. That means at Rosh Hashanah, we go through an experience of God's power recreating and reinstating our destinies. That means at Yom Kippur, God is going to show us what the spiritual significance of what the blood of Jesus has done for you and for me. You see, beloved saints, when we look at the scriptures, we see that every book in the Bible reveals Calvary. Did you know that the whole purpose of salvation history is to reveal the cross of Calvary, is to reveal the return of your loss through the power of the cross. And that means that atonement unconcealed is Calvary revealed. I want you to see Calvary in a light that you have never seen Calvary before. I want you to see the works of the cross, the blood-bought blessings of the cross, the power of the cross. As a matter of fact, I want to tell you seven blessings in the blood right now. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 13, the cross, the blood is the passage to your power. In Exodus 12, verse 13 again, the blood is the miraculous memorial. 
This blood shall be a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague will not be upon you to destroy you in the houses where you are. When I smite the land of Egypt. So we see that the blood, hallelujah, is the miraculous memorial. This is why, beloved saints, we need to show you the blood evidence, the blood evidence that matches only with one event that took place 2,000 years ago. That means every place throughout the Bible, in the book of Genesis, in the book of Exodus, in the book of Leviticus, in the book of Numbers, Deuteronomy, and all the books of the Bible, wherever we see atonement, wherever we see symbols of atonement, wherever we see the word kafar or kapur atonement, we must understand these are revelations of salvation. God wants to show us that throughout the Bible, there is a blood-stained trail. And that blood-stained trail leads us to Calvary's cross. It leads us to the place of the return of our loss through the power of his cross. It shows us what Calvary purchased for us. It shows us the blood-bought blessings of Calvary's cross. Let's continue for a moment in these seven blessings of the blood. The third blessing in the blood is that the blood alone will atone. The Bible says in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, the Bible tells us that the life of all flesh is in the blood and it is the blood that makes an atonement for your soul. The blood frees from disease. Isaiah chapter 53, verse five says that by his stripes, we are healed. The blood bought your deliverance from demonic power. The Bible tells us in Colossians 2.14 that the handwriting of ordinances, that was against us. He destroyed through the work of his cross, putting it out of the way and making an open show of demonic powers. Hallelujah. He's blotted out the writing, the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. We see the blood brings to us the revelation of God's miracle on the mercy seat. And we see, beloved saints, that the blood purges and it presents us to the Father that we might find favor with God. We become the righteousness of God in him. So you see, beloved saints, today I want to speak to you just for a moment about this incredible feast of Yom Kippur. Why? Not because we're going back in time and reenacting something that took place 2,000 years ago plus 1,400 years before Christ uh, in the wilderness when God established the Day of Atonement and we're going back to the law of Moses. God forbid. But I want you to understand that the Word of God is alive and there is nothing in the Bible that is not personal, powerful, prophetic, and relevant. That means all scripture is inspired of God and all scripture has something personal, powerful, prophetic, and relevant in my life. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is inspired of God. And it is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. So what instruction can we possibly derive from Day of Atonement? First of all, I want you to understand the scapegoat on the Day of Atonement is a type and a shadow of the work of Calvary. The Bible tells us in Leviticus chapter 16 that God commanded two goats 
to be brought before the Lord. And lots were to be cast for these two identical goats, one for a sin offering and one for a scapegoat. And the Bible tells us that the scapegoat was to be brought before the high priest. And the high priest was to lay his hands on the head and confess over the head of this scapegoat all the sins of the children of Israel and to send the scapegoat out into the wilderness, into a place that was desolate, representing God forgiving the sins of Israel and not remembering them anymore. Now, I want you to see the very language that is used in Leviticus chapter 16 that will help us, beloved saints, understand atonement unconcealed is Calvary revealed. Going to the book of Leviticus, beloved saints, I want you to see in the 16th chapter, I'm going to read to you, beloved, concerning the day of atonement. The Bible says in verse 21, and Aaron shall lay both of his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him the iniquities of the children of Israel by putting the transgressions and the sins upon him and upon his head. And he will send him away by the hand of a fit man in the wilderness. And the goat shall bear upon him all the iniquities of um, unto a land not inhabited. And he shall go forth into the wilderness." Doesn't that language sound just a little familiar? The Bible tells us in Isaiah 53, for it pleased the Lord to bruise him. The Bible says, for the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And so in order for us to understand this atonement language, because we see those words that are shown to us in Isaiah 53, like that in another place, like that in another place is actually a hermeneutical rule of interpreting scripture. And so we see almost verbatim the same words. The Bible says that he shall lay his hand upon him and confess the iniquities over him. And the Bible says, and, and uh, all of their transgressions and sins by putting them on the head of the goat. And so the Bible tells us the Lord has laid upon him, being Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. And so, beloved saints, we see that when Jesus was in the garden and we see that he was in that agony, we begin to understand this is when God began to lay upon him the iniquity of us all, and that he is going to bear in his own body our sins so that you and I would see that when we look at the blood evidence that's been presented to us from the book of, of Leviticus, there's only one match to that evidence, and that is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, beloved saints, not only on the Day of Atonement and throughout the scriptures, various sacrifices that point to the spiritual similitudes of what was done on Calvary's cross. But today I want to share with you a little word that I believe will help you understand the work of the cross in your life. Because our objective in celebrating the biblical feasts is messianic. We want you to see the messianic mysteries, the messianic miracles, the power of the blood, and to celebrate these blood-bought blessings of Calvary's cross in your life.
I want you to see the very first time in the scripture that atonement appears. Some of us may think, well, it appears for the first time in whatever sacrifice, which is the first sacrifice that the Bible is going to show us. And the answer to that is, no, the word kapar, the word kafar, the word kapur is not used at all in the um, it, first in the sacrifices. At another time it is, but not the first time. So the question arises, where is the first time that we see this word atonement ever used in the Bible? And beloved saints, it may surprise you that it is used for the very first time when the narrative is teaching us Noah. The Noah narrative reveals to us the supernatural secrets of Calvary's cross. You may say, how, Dr. Crowell, how can that possibly correspond to Calvary? Well, if we look at the Bible in the book of Genesis, the sixth chapter and the 14th verse, I'm going to read it for you and show you where Kapoor is used. And the Bible says, make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shall you make in the ark and you shall pitch it within and without with pitch. Beloved saints, this word pitch, you're going to seal it with pitch, and you're going to seal it outwardly with pitch and inwardly with pitch. This word pitch is the very same spelling in Hebrew as the word kapor, so that we must understand, dear people of God, that the sealing over the ark, Noah's ark, represents the blood of Jesus. You may say, how does that, how does that possibly relate to the blood of Jesus? Because you and I are to see that without that ceiling, without that pitch, without that covering, without that kapoor, Noah's ark would not have been able to survive the storm. But you see, death was everywhere. For 40 days and 40 nights, the heavens pounded down on that ark. But Noah supernaturally survived and he miraculously arrived at a place of rest that God gave him. And this is because we see types and shadows of the work of the blood of Jesus. It brings us through our storms. It brings us peace in the midst of the storm. The blood of Jesus is our covering. The blood of Jesus is our sealing. It is a spiritual similitude of the saving of the eight in the ark. It is a spiritual similitude of surviving the wrath of God that came down upon Noah's ark. Because you and I must understand that it is through the atonement, it is through the blood-bought blessings of Calvary that all of our devastation can experience recreation. We can begin again just like Noah. We can start over again because of the blood. Now, beloved saints, we're going to go live just for a few moments to our service in Anaheim, California, and I'm going to come back and pray for you to receive the blood-bought blessings of Calvary's cross. Prophetic retrospect. Say it with me. Prophetic retrospect. Say it again. Okay, so prophetic retrospect means that history that is recorded in the Bible is there to show us what path to walk on. We are to study the lives of those who in the Bible lived at that time so that we can learn from their mistakes 
and turn mistakes into miracles. Hello, somebody. And so that we can learn the prophetic principles of their lives. So when we study the prophet Elijah, we are not just studying about the works that he did because we want to know it happened. We don't study the Bible so we know it happened. That is not the purpose of studying scripture, to become educated so that we know it happened. You can read a newspaper, and a newspaper gives you information so you know it happened. You can read a textbook, and a textbook will give you information so you know it happened. But when you read the Bible, it is not written so you know it happened. The Bible is written to teach us. The Bible is written to direct us. The Bible is written to be a roadmap to life. I hope somebody understands what I'm talking about here. That every word is powerful. Every word is prophetic. Every word comes down from heaven. And it is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in all right so the time zone of elijah's anointing is not only in the context of prophetic retrospect but we also see in the new testament elijah's anointing appearing where does it appear it appears beloved saints in the gospel according to Luke. Turn with me to Luke chapter 1 and look at Luke chapter 1 verse 17. The Bible is going to show us through the angel Gabriel who is speaking to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. Notice what he says. He says, he will go before him in the spirit and in the power of Elijah. Hello, somebody. Did you hear that? I said John the Baptist was prophesied by the angel Gabriel to go before him in the spirit and in the power of Elijah. Notice what the second part of that verse is. Look at verse 17 and look at the last line. Look at what it says. It says, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to the wisdom of the just. Now notice the very last line. To prepare a people for the Lord. To prepare a people ready for the Lord. Say it with me. To prepare a people ready for the Lord. Say this with me. Prepare and ready. Say it again. Prepare and ready. Now I want you to understand something. One of the ways we inter interpret scripture is to interpret scripture hermeneutically. And to interpret scripture hermeneutically means that we see some words in one place. And when we see those same words in another place, that means that those words are actually connected together. The concepts are connected. Or that the author of scripture deliberately used those words as a direct connect to another place in scripture. Are you with me? 
So the question arises, where have we heard the words prepare and ready before? We have heard the words of people prepared, ready in the book of Revelation. I want you to see it. Go with me to Revelation chapter 19, verse 7. The last line of Revelation 19, verse 7 says, For the bride has made herself ready. Say it with me. The bride has made herself ready. Notice Revelation chapter 21, looking at verse 2. Go with me quickly. Revelation chapter 21, verse 2. The Bible says, I, John, saw the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven as a bride adorned for her husband. Notice, the scripture says, as a bride prepared, the Bible says, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So we see the word ready in Revelation 19, verse 7. And we see the word prepared in Revelation 21, verse 2. Both are in reference to preparing the bride. So the Elijah anointing in the last days is going to be an anointing to prepare the church for the coming of Christ. Are you with me? If you are, say amen. Somebody ought to shout the victory. All right. So we see the Elijah anointing appearing in the book of Revelation in the context of the church being ready and the church being prepared. That means the fire of God's truth that is going forth from his people, from the uh, from the church into the hearts of the, those in the world is going to be a fire like Elijah's word was like fire. Are you with me, saints? <laughs> to get me ready for the coming of Christ. All right, now, beloved saints, I want you to see it is so important and spiritually significant that we see that as we look at Elijah, we also see these signs of severity. Why the signs of severity? We see in the book of Revelation, in the 11th chapter, two witnesses. Go with me to a, a Revelation chapter 11 and look at verse 6. In Revelation chapter 11, verse 6, say this with me. The Elijah anointing, past and future and present. Say it with me. The Elijah anointing, past, present, and future. Somebody ought to give God the praise and give God the glory. Watch what the word says. Hallelujah. Found here as we look at Revelation chapter uh, 11. Looking at Revelation chapter 11, the Bible says, these, verse 6, meaning the two witnesses. The Bible says in verse 3, and I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. Now watch this. 
These have the power to shut up the heaven that it rain not. The only other one in scripture that had the power to shut up the heaven that it rain not was Elijah. Are you with me, saints? If you are, say amen. So we see something about the spirit and the power of Elijah. We need to understand that the Bible says in Matthew chapter 11, in verse 13, Jesus said, if you will, speaking of John the Baptist, this is Elijah, which was to come. So we understand the spirit and the power of Elijah is the mantle of Elijah. And we need to understand, even as it was then, it shall be again and it shall be in the future that specifically it is coming in the end times to prepare the body of Christ for the coming of the Lord. Thank you for joining us today. I am so happy you joined us. Today is a very important day. If you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, will you allow me to pray with you? Will you ask the Son of God to come into your heart? to be your personal Lord and Savior. Today can be the beginning of your life. Today, life can begin for you by receiving the atoning blood of Jesus Christ to heal you from your sin, to deliver you from darkness, and to set you in the path of God's divine design of destiny for your life. Would you say this prayer for with me? Wonderful Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Cleanse me from sin. I repent of my sin. I ask you, Lord, to make me a new creature in Christ Jesus. I don't have the power over sin. I am not going to turn over a new leaf today because a new leaf will never work. But I'm asking you, Lord, to give me your righteousness. I'm asking you, Lord, to come into my heart. I'm asking you to make me born again. I want a new life, a new start, a new beginning and a new destiny. Beloved, if you said that prayer, there are uh, prayer warriors standing by. You can call the number on your screen. We love you and it's such a great privilege to be with you. Today, I wanna release the blood-bought blessings of Calvary's cross upon you. Those of you that have been plagued with demonic power, those of you that have been going through trial and tribulation, the blood is against the enemy. I want you to know the blood is our weapon of war. The Bible ha says that God has to see in the Hebrew scriptures, he had to see a sign, something that looked like Calvary in order for his hand to move. And I want you to know that today the blood-bought blessings of Calvary's cross are yours. Receive it now in Jesus' name. I speak to your healing. I speak to your stomach. I speak to leg problems. In the name of Jesus, someone's back is being totally healed. I pray right now that the revelation of this brand new year be yours in Christ Jesus as you go forward to the ends of the earth to serve God in this year. See you real soon. Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed 
or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. That's HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast.